What's the issue? I'm trying to move my... I'm trying to get the chat open, but there's something that's on there that won't move. I mean... Uh, I guess it doesn't matter. We don't really though, need right? the chat. Yeah, because we could just... Here. Yeah, just yeah. me and you. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly. fine. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, go for it. You ready? Cool. Welcome back to Life Lanes, everybody. The Brotherly Guide. We're your hosts, Justin and Don Mazza. Back in the studio after a lengthy break. We both had so much fun creating episodes in the same room with the previous two episodes. You really can't replicate that atmosphere when you're with your brother just riffing off of each other. We had some really good times. We created a nice little studio with all those puzzles. Right now, we're going to be recording uh, virtual content for, for the next couple episodes. You know, we'll be back in person at some point in the future. Not sure when that's going to be, but, you know, as for now, we're just going to be doing virtual stuff. On today's episode, Justin and I will explore various topics, such as the idea of a work versus a hobby, and we'll go into the weeds about credit cards, travel cards, everyday purchases. It's really useful information. Before we get into the episode, just want to give some quick plugs. First, as always, use the Skipper's View for 20% off SeatGeek. I also want to plug in my own personal channel within the LifeLanes network. It's called Dr. Dom Trader Joe Reviews. Uh, they can be found on Instagram and YouTube Shorts. Uh, really, it's just me just going through Trader Joe products. You know, I'm going to be giving a review, talk about how healthy it is, uncovering some sneaky TJ gems that you can keep in the kitchen at all times. Really been fun doing that. Also want to plug in the LifeLanes merchandise store that is up and running. Uh, you can get shirts, t-shirts, hats, glasses, coffee mugs. We have a ton of stuff, even pickleball equipment. You know, I know Justin uh, that might be interested in that. I've bought a few of the products, and I'm pleasantly surprised on how good the material is. I bought a hat, and I thought it was just going to be kind of a piece of shit, but it's actually really nice. So I'm excited for that. We'll have more info in the future about how to access it, so stay tuned with that. All right, let's get into this episode. So, Justin, how's it going today? What's up, buddy? Oh, nothing much. You know, we're getting dumped on with snow over here. You know, there's supposed to be this big snowstorm hitting the northeast, and I don't know. Are you guys getting hit with any yet? Rain. Only rain. Just rain? Thankfully. Yeah. You know what the temperature is? Um, It's probably like high 30s, low 40s. Yesterday okay. we had a little bit of a flurry, but nothing stuck. Did you watch the Ravens-Steelers game yesterday? That was a monsoon in Baltimore. <laughs> so I was watching, and I was like, damn, it is fucking raining over there. And then I was like, Alexa, what's the temperature in Baltimore right now? And she was like, 39 degrees. So I was like, oh. The worst weather. That sounds awful, just like freezing rain. I feel, yeah. you know what I feel? It's the players who aren't playing who are on the sidelines. Like, I see Lamar yeah. bundled up, yeah. face yeah. mask. Like, he I looks know. miserable. I know, exactly. Yeah, because they're not getting that, that adrenaline yeah. boost. They're not just going in and doing these plays. Yeah. Um, all right. So, you know, we're, we're back in the office, so to speak, after the holidays. You know, you and I both had off in between Christmas and New Year's, which was really great. We played a lot of pickleball together. Uh, you know, just got to see you and dad really warms my heart around those holidays. Uh, yeah. How's your back in the office transition going? It was uh, it was kind of tough when I got back Wednesday. So I had off till the second, which was nice. Mm -hmm. But um, we've got I'm traveling uh, tomorrow afternoon down to Florida for a client for all week. So th it was just a lot to do. And I found myself on Wednesday and Thursday so sick of saying Happy New Year because you just <laughs> repeat on phone call on phone call. And, you know, yeah. like when you're when you're part of a team, like I run a team on this project called like 50 people. Um, some calls you'll have three and then you'll have six but those original three are still on there and you're like oh happy new year again and again yeah. and yeah. for me i just want to get to the value like let's go let's let's right. why are we here and let's get this stuff on the road right yeah it's just like a fake conversation just like oh how's your holidays uh, what'd you do yada 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 there's a uh, there's this funny guy on instagram that i've been seeing who's like I don't know. He has like these like corporate like slogans that he does. And he's like, I'm going to get through like these 10 corporate oh, slogans right on, the, on the right hand side. Right. Yeah yeah. 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 And he's just going really fast. And like yeah. one of them is like, can everybody see my screen? <laughs> like, yeah. But like the happy new year is a thing. Yeah. Like yeah. Well. He, I, I like that guy. He's, he's it's pretty accurate, like especially yeah. in my field, which is pretty crazy. But it, he also tough. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no. It's just like the motivation is, is different. Right. Like you come yeah. back after a long break 
it's different when, um, you know, we, we've got something to push out really quickly. So I think like we're all feeling the crunch of time and everything. Uh, but it's nice to get back with a purpose uh, instead of just coming back and like, okay, what am I supposed to do at work today? Which, yeah. you know, some cases is my colleague. So I know they say like hit the ground running, but it's yeah. kind of hard to do that. Yeah. No. You know, we're kind of in the, the dog days right now as far as winter goes. You know, early January, weather's kind of shitty. I mean, snow is finally fallen. So if you're a big skier, I'm sure you're loving that. You know, we got a ski trip coming up, which is going to be pretty good. We have our friend uh, Isaiah coming up. What's his last name? Cologne. Is he Cologne? Cologne. Love that. That's like a like a Tony Montana kind of name. Yeah. Bartolo Cologne. Cologne. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it'll be interesting because uh, Izzy got these, I guess, plantar fasciitis like support mm-hmm. boots or support, so he can use them, um, like his regular sneakers. But he's gonna try them in the snow boots and see if that helps. So, always uh, something wrong with that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're trying to pick him up. Um, but skiing and snowboarding is, I think we were talking about this a little bit over the holiday. It's like such a sport where. If, like anything, I mean, you could say this about anything, but um, if you learned as a kid, it's so much easier to do yeah. as an adult, yeah. right? Because we're still learning fundamentals. You know, would have been skiing for three years if that. Um, yeah, it's just that so. that balance aspect. It's you know easy. You know, just look at Brett. You know, like he he did it as a kid. Probably hadn't skied in a decade, and then got back on and was pretty agile for a yeah, big guy. pretty impressed. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, Steve and all of them went to Colorado this, this past week. I know. I've got a couple calls that ask, can you pick me up from the airport? Can you drop me off from the airport? Like, uh, <laughs> I'm, thankfully, I was uh, I'm traveling, so I got out of it. You're not as close as I thought you were to JFK. I guess it's just hard because you don't have highway access. Uh, it takes me less than 20 minutes. I mean, it took me like 35 minutes. And I know Four. there was traffic. Oh, on the way back. Guys, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, on the way back, yeah. 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 I mean, 25, 30, you know, I'll take that. Uh, I know, I know. Well, it's just, yeah. you know, it takes, like, dad, like, 35 minutes maybe to, to get there. And oh, because of the highway s- difference. Yeah, significantly, you know, more south or it's more some, north. It's something we've talked about so much when, you know, when we look towards homes. Um, yeah. Like, the Valentinos, they have a house that's off the highway, right? Well, like, yeah. as in it's nowhere near it, yet it's less than five minutes to get on it. And, like... Right. We took that for granted living where dad is. You know, he's got the LIE and the Northern State and the Meadowbrook right there. Right. Uh, and two two options. You know, you could do the IU Willis <laughs> one or you could do the one on Willis Avenue. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. So, right. um, yeah, no, I'm, you're right. It makes it makes it so much easier. So I know the things that you don't realize until it's too late. And you I, I was talking to my uh, <laughs> my buddy about this because he's in Boston and they he only has one. We're flying into Jacksonville. There's only one direct flight a day to Jacksonville. I'm like, wow, those are two major cities. He's like, yeah, like usually I connect through New York, you know, there's, and I know, I know you, right. Burlington's different. Right. And and I could imagine there's a lot of connections, but I always took for granted, I think our availability to airport access and how big those airports are. Like LaGuardia is still a major, major airport. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I do hate though, how, if you ever plug in New York city for an airport, Newark comes up. Cause I'm not going to EWR. Yeah. Dude, I flew into Newark one time. Uh, out of necessity and it took like an hour and a half to get home like an hour and a half hour 45 i remember i took so dad picked me up this was like a christmas i think it was maybe last year or yeah i think it was last year but there's like this whole hoopla and like my flight got canceled i was like all right fuck it i guess i'm just spending christmas in vermont this year but then i found a flight to newark and dad picked me up and then on the way back he was like i don't want to drive yet he's like just call an uber so i called an uber and it was like yeah an hour 45 just me and this chick and she's like oh where are you going i was like newark and she's like oh god (laughs) (laughs) yeah i uh it works really well if you're from new york city it's much easier to get to newark than it is LaGuardia, jfk typically Uh, i know people do take the air train but um my colleagues, again, when they'll come in from Boston, they're still not like totally familiar and they'll fly, they'll Uber from New York City to JFK. And that could be an hour plus. 
And then there's a quick train, you know, just, I think it's the path you just take from Penn station over to Newark and it's like 15 minutes. Yeah, um, yeah, so, but I, I do agree. I'm booking a couple flights and I'm like, I don't want like EWR stop. Like it's not even an option. Uh, <laughs> and I hate when you can't exclude it. So, uh, yeah. but speaking of flights, yeah, you, you should be able to exclude it. That'd be yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think Expedia typically you can. Um, I just always use Google flights. I'm trying to, I'll give you credit. You've talked me into it. I know we're going to be talking a little bit of the bachelor party. Um, I've been trying to look at Google flights a bit and seeing like what makes mm-hmm. sense. I just like the the layout of it. It's pretty, pretty user friendly. It is. That's nice. I'm i I'm flying the DR, uh, just in about a month of going for like three to four days on the way. There was $150 a connection. There was only one round, uh, one direct, and it was like nine hundred bucks. So I did a connection. On the way back is a thousand dollars. Damn. I'm like, like, what kind of just the leverage <laughs> they have on you? Because once you're there, you have to yeah, come back. Yeah, exactly. So, no, just, not many people are taking a one way ticket to the DR. Damn. I was <laughs> like, that's a lot of money. So. Yeah. Well, you know, like you were alluding to before. Uh, with flights and we finally nailed down a city for the bachelor party. Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you tell everyone how we nailed it down? Not the dates yet, by the way, I'll have updates from last night from hanging out with the guys, but um, <laughs> updates. So, so we're, we're going to do Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite cities to hang out in um, city. I, I might want to end up moving to long-term, but it's cool. Cause it gives us options of, it's a major city. It's not like your typical Nashville, you know, where a lot of people go. I don't even know where like men go. Montreal, I guess, Vegas, uh, which are expensive flights. AC. Uh, yeah. Like I'm not into, I don't want to really gamble, to be honest. I just want to play around a golf, do some outdoor stuff and drink a ton of beer. And that's Charlotte in a nutshell. So Charlotte's really cool because it has a man-made uh, Olympic training center for whitewater rafting which is super cool. Um, so you and I have done like actual whitewater rafting out in Oregon, which was a ton of fun. And I got like mm-hmm. super hooked and I've been looking forward to do another one. Um, but this one's cool because it's a huge facility. I think it's like, we were looking at it. Maybe it's like 50 bucks for the all inclusive package and that you could do rock climbing. Yeah. You could I think do it was like blinding. Bucks, but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty affordable. It's, it's going to be like a f- great, like half day fun experience. And there's bars yeah. there. There's live music. Like it's a really cool vibe. Yeah. I'm pretty excited for that. You know, it's kind of like an adult playground. It seems um, where they, again, they have like zip, zip lining and rock climbing and this whitewater rafting. And I don't know who, who uh, you know, they got so many shenanigans we're going to get into. I told Lindsay I might uh, bring you to karaoke bar. I know that's your favorite thing to do. Uh, so we shall see. Not very uh, good at singing, but I'll try. <laughs> you know, no one who sings karaoke is good at singing. And if you are, like, come on, don't be that guy. Yeah, go get paid like, to do it. Yeah, you're going to make everyone else feel self-conscious now because you got the fucking pipes. Remember in Step <laughs> Brothers when they, like, at the end? Oh, uh, when they all sing? No, no, no. I think uh, John, I forgot which one of them, but they're like, yeah, we started a karaoke business. Uh, and our motto is, if you can't sing, just just sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a serious karaoke bar. Um, that was, you know, I totally forgot, but that was one of the cool things that I remember about Paris, about the street performers. Do you remember this fact that, that they told us? That you have to us? pay. Yeah. There's you like have to go audition. through like a, yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. There's an audition for street performers, so everybody who's a street performer is nice. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're musicians right. or they're singers or you know they they're illusionists or whatever. New York City is not that way, that's for sure. No, in the United States, it's like anybody can, you know, just start to do a talent or you know a talent yeah. on the street for it. But I'm glad that we picked Charlotte because there are direct flights. One of the few <laughs> airports out of Burlington that I can get a direct flight from. Even though I, I'm totally used to doing the transfer thing. The connection. Yeah, now. I feel like growing up, we just tried to avoid transfers as much as possible. And it's like, direct flight, direct flight. And now I'm just like, all right, whatever. You know, if it's like an hour layover. I, I agree. I'm getting used to it. I almost, I don't want to say I enjoy it, but I don't mind sometimes, especially if it's a work day, like uh I'm connect. Uh, I think I'm, no, I'm not connecting on Monday. But if I was, 
I was like, oh, it's a two and a half hour. Like I can get off the plane. I'll grab something to eat. I'll open my right. laptop back up. I'll catch up and then I'll get back. You know, you can kind of right. utilize that time um, if you want. Um, where were we, Dom? I went in Paris airport years ago. We we're traveling back and I think we, I think it was Paris. We had a layover and someone was doing like full yoga. Do you remember this? Like a woman. Yes. Just I do remember that. Yeah. Just full like yoga mat, yoga. Th- I mean, everything like down dog, the whole thing. I wish that was like more acceptable. Like a thing in like, somewhere. Yeah. Dude, I'll be in the airport for like a couple hours and be like, oh, I just want to like rip out pushups and not be judged. <laughs> Look that way. Yeah. It'd be cool to have like, what a I mean, yeah, like I, I mean, I know plenty of people would pay thirty, you know, to fifty dollars while traveling to get a good workout in, and totally. they would have or like showers a sauna there. with like a shower. Yeah, that'd yeah. be nice. Yeah. In Japan, they had like these little sleep pods. I've seen you those. Can, those are cool. You can go in. Yeah, dude, Japan is just on another level. I remember when I was in their airport, I got this steak from an, from a Japanese airport that it was cooked. And it was cooked pretty rare, and then it came with a little hot stone on oh, it. Oh, to keep and cooking And you can, it. like, finish cooking it if you wanted. I was like, this is a fucking airport. Like, I'm getting, like, this bougie-ass steak and udon noodle at 4.30 in the morning. Just Asia's way more advanced than we are. Yeah, Korea and Japan are just on a, a whole nother level. I can't speak to China because I've never been there. I wouldn't even know where to go in China, but I'm sure they're on that level as well. Um, but yeah, pretty excited about this bachelor party. That's going to be great. Um, you know, before we jump into the topics of today, I wanted to pick your brain just because, you know, you're a couple years above me in, in this realm of the financial world, but I'm deciding to upgrade my high school credit card that mm-hmm. I've had for about 10 plus years. I also learned that you can ask for a retention bonus. Where you can like call the credit card company. Oh, because you've been with them for so long. Or just say that you're thinking about switching. Mm. Do they have any promotional, you know, benefits to retain you? Hmm. Probably not going to do that with Bank of America, just because their credit card's kind of shitty. But uh, so uh, it's just like a normal like Visa. Like, no, no, it like, has to be something. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't. Oh, actually, I do have it. It's this one. You can't see the numbers. Cash right? rewards. No, yeah, cash rewards. So just like a. I can pick like one object to get three percent on, and then I get one percent off the other. Oh, that I is think... shitty. Yeah, I know. I think when I signed up, there was like a five hundred dollar bonus if you spent, you know, like whatever two thousand dollars in the first, first yada yada yada. Yeah, yeah. But all right, so what I'm looking for, and tell me if this makes sense, I'm looking for two credit cards, right? I want a travel one, and then I want an everyday one. I'm going to okay. tell you what I want from these credit cards, and you, you know, maybe you have a couple off the top of your head. Let's go yep. with the travel one. So obviously, I want no foreign transaction fees. Okay, I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah. I want ideally 0% annual fee. You know, I'm willing to maybe go up to like 150 for the annual fee. Um, so anything below that. Can you explain what the APR is? Do you know what that is? Yeah. So uh, one thing at a time. So the travel fee, most travel cards, most don't have it. Don't have it. Yeah. Like yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. standard. Um, That'd be kind of ridiculous, a travel credit card with, with the foreign yeah. transaction. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then the annual fees will typically be zero to a hundred. Most cards are ninety-five dollars. You know, subliminal. It's a hundred bucks. And I've then seen some pretty expensive ones. So then there's another level. Let's call it uh, one fifty to three hundred, or maybe it's one fifty to four hundred, somewhere around that range. And then there's ones that are like 700. Right, uh, like Amex Gold, bucks. Amex Platinum. Yeah, like Platinum that. Amex is like the big one. Um, okay, so that's that's like the that's different like, tiers. I think it's like $1,100. Some of them are crazy. I mean, it's all about how you utilize them, right? Right, like, right, right. Yeah. right, right. Um, so APR is annual percentage, annual percentage rate, uh, which is basically the interest you'll pay if you carry a balance. So okay. the lower is the better, but so if you, but if you pay off your credit card, yeah, it doesn't even matter. Okay, that yeah. was my my question, and that was kind of what I took from APR. It's it's a 
big thing because in America, people don't pay their credit cards in full, which is right. why it's important. Um, the second piece is, let's say, God forbid, you, and this you know, wouldn't be our case, but other people would need to utilize their credit card for a medical emergency or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, you can actually ask to increase your borrowing limit, yada, yada, mm -hmm. so that mm -hmm. APR might go up. So when they'll might say like 0% APR for the first year, because maybe you have a big purchase and you know, you don't have the money to do that. Right. Maybe you wanted, you know, to book your wedding, right. And you're like, I don't have the money to pay it back immediately. Right. Well, the 0% APR would really come in handy then. Right. I've seen some cards that have uh, up to 30% APR. That's the highest. Credit that cards have the highest um, debt collection in the world. Like student, we were talking about student loans, right? Student loans, you'll see between like three and 8%. Yeah. I've seen, I think close to 10 sometimes. I've never seen a credit card under 20. Uh, in APR. APR. Yeah. 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 Um, but okay. just pay that, your that credit cards. Yeah, exactly. That was my big thing. Like if you pay it, it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. All right. So, I wrote down some notes. All right. So, uh, da, 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 All right. So the annual fee. Yeah. Really, those are like the two main things for the uh, travel credit card. Do you have any recommendations as far as a travel or like which ones do you use? Yeah. So I have two travel cards um, because I travel a lot and it helps because I travel my current company. We don't have a company card. So. I've opened up a Marriott card because we are Marriott preferred member. I only stay in Marriott. I opened up a Marriott credit card. Let's call it six months ago or so. Um, that's an awesome card, but it's specifically, I only book Marriott or sometimes I'll do restaurants. Cause I yeah, think it's that's not going to be useful for me. Not for you. Yeah. So that's great for me because I already have in the last six months, I've earned enough for six free nights. Like mm -hmm. Lindsay and I will eventually do Hawaii and it'll all be on a Marriott credit card or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. um, the Chase Sapphire Preferred is what I have. It's my favorite card I own. I've had that for many years. Uh, that does have a fee. It's 95 bucks. But you this get... This is for travel? This is for travel. Um, I think it's 3% back on airfare. Uh, no, 3% back on restaurants and bars, 2% back on airfare. I have to look it up exactly. Uh, but the reason I really like it too, you get a TSA, like it pays for your GSA every time you want to renew it, which is great. Um, I wish I got this when I <laughs> beforehand. Yeah. 3% on dining, uh, on all dining. On all dining, so bars too, which is great. You have a hotel credit that's really great. So you can book like a hotel and you get, I think, $50 of hotel credit. So it pays for itself really quickly. The real reason I like it, it's if you use your points to book travel through Chase, the Chase website. So instead, if you have whatever, 10,000 points and you want to say cash back, I think that's a 100 bucks. I think that's basically the math. But if you want to use that $100 or those 10,000 points towards travel, you can go through chase.com and use your points and you get a 25% boost. So that $100, a 25%, yeah, that $100 becomes $125 for your flights or hotel, which mm -hmm. is awesome. So if like, you book through their, their website. Through Chase, which yeah. is fine. Now, sometimes, like, let's call it 25% of the time. The deals are like, you're like, ah, that doesn't make sense. Or maybe this, maybe that. I, most of the time, like I just booked my DR flight um, with all my chase points because mm -hmm. I got a 25% boost, mm -hmm. which is huge. I mean, right? Every every dollar is a dollar 25. Um, my biggest advice is always is just go to Nerd Wallet. That's like my preferred. Mm -hmm. Like they break it down super simple. Yeah, I, I like that website, Nerd Wallet. It's There's a lot really of ads quaint. though, but... That's okay. That's, right. That's how, you know, as long as I'm not paying them for it, you know, they're paying for it. So I just wish, like, I would totally pay, like, I don't know, 50 cents to, like, use that website for the, with, with that. That, that time frame. Yeah, with mm. no ads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They make way more, they, way more on ads than they would on 50 cents. <laughs> but yeah. Just uh, for that one time, though, <laughs> 20 seconds. You know, right. that's a card I have. I'm sure they have a really good sign-up bonus. Um, most credit cards do. It's usually yeah. spend three or four thousand. Um, oh, so this one is spend four thousand on your first three months, which is pretty pretty easy for most people. Um, and you get looks like five hundred. No, I don't, I don't think that would be easy for me. I would have to plan it. You know, I, would, I, I guess would definitely have to do it around travel, around the bachelor party, around. Yeah, yeah. you think of yeah. like a purchase that's happening, and you're and 
what helps like in your position, right? You can pay for the Airbnb and then just ask people to reimburse you. Right. Exactly. Like, that's yeah. how you Ven- get that Venmo stuff makes it easy. Yeah. You like go out to dinner with your friends, be like, all right, I'm just going to put this all on my card and then you guys Venmo me. Yeah. But, uh, I would say nerd wallet. I mean, we could take a look together offline. There's plenty of ones. I'm a, just a big chase guy overall. Yeah. Um, even I if I don't have chase bank, it's fine. Yeah, I don't have Chase Bank. Yeah. Okay. I, I actually am, I would love to move over to them, but my mortgage is with Bank of America. My paycheck yeah, is kind of like, kind they of got me. It's a, it is a pain in the ass, but. Um, um, I, and then, uh, you know, I was looking into the Amazon cards as well. So those are yeah. probably, those seem like fine for like everyday purchases. Yeah. I mean, the beauty about the Amazon credit card is you get 5% back on Amazon. So that's is, if you have a Prime membership, which I do not. Gotcha. Okay. So that's it, it, okay. the other one would be 3% back. Which is still really good. <laughs> yeah, 3% back on Amazon. Because a Prime membership is 140 I have the Nerd Wallet pulled up. Um, the main difference is, is, you know, made through Chase Travel, you get 5% with the Prime Visa, you get 3% with the other one. And then the other things are the same. So 2% back at restaurants, gas stations, 1% back on all so it's, that's back. probably you know the first card you'd open why yeah, not right zero yeah. percent yeah, um that, that sounds pretty and you get two percent on all of the right right now i get you know again one percent on everything and then i get to choose three percent on either travel or restaurants or whatever or you, your card's just outdated it's not like hey, a exactly. bad card it's just outdated yeah now they've made like these credit cards so appealing for people so but, this one ex- expires in may so i'm just no. gonna yeah, can't cancel that. That's shit. good and bad that they are. You know, I have a big issue with. I know a lot of people who won't use a credit card because one, they probably don't understand how to that maximize John. it, but two, they're just like, I don't want to spend money I don't have. Your friend John, uh, you know, said that he yeah, doesn't use. Credit he, card. Yeah, he was like, I was like, damn, like that's crazy to me. All I've been using credit cards for whatever it is, fifteen years. Well, just because and... there's so much, there's incentive to use a, you know, like because you get like this cash back, but. They probably do take advantage of people who yeah, don't know what like, they're doing. Yeah, yeah, or you know, not the most organized and don't pay their bills and stuff. I get like nervous or like uh, anxiety when I like look at my credit card statement and there's like, oh, I got like fifteen hundred dollars. I got to pay off. I'm gonna pay it off right now. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just have auto payment done. That's that's the way. But you know, um, I think even actually the, the thing to remember: credit card companies they work for you. Because you yeah. can always just cancel, right? right? So a good example of this is I opened up my Marriott card. I booked a ton of things, so I was traveling. And then I didn't set auto payment. I just completely forgot. And I was charged $200 in late fees my first month. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, I just forgot. Yeah. I called them up. It took maybe a seven-minute phone call. They got rid of it. They set up auto pay for me. And that was it. And I'm like, they work for us. And yeah. You know, I think even if you're late, you can ask for an extension. Like, there's different ways of working with these guys. I think that's that's a a good piece of advice just for all companies in general. Like, uh, internet, you know, electric, like whatever. Like, they want to keep you. So, like, if you have an issue or and you know, like they're always raising prices. For instance, you yeah. know, uh, I have uh, Xfinity, right? Yeah. yeah, I have Xfinity. Uh, I got like locked into like this, you know, one year, you know, uh, promo code, right? It actually went for two years, which was nice. And then all of a sudden they raised it and it essentially doubled. And I was like, fuck that. I'm not paying 80 bucks a month. So I called them up and it took about 15 minutes and they were able to raise it like $8 instead of like $40. And I was like, great. Yeah. Because they're just they're taking advantage of people that aren't willing to either call, right? Because maybe they're too scared, or they're like, "What is calling me to do?" Or people that don't even realize it, right? They have it on auto pay, and then you know they're not keeping track of this stuff, and then it just rolls over. Asking is always free, right? Like, what's the worst thing to say? No, you just got to put in the effort, and like you might be on hold for a little bit. Which is, you know, I'm I'm going through this. My couch, we have a stain. Had a couch for about three years. For some reason, I don't know why, I bought a five-year warranty when I got the couch. And I think it was it was a great promotion. It was like 50 bucks. It was something stupid. Yeah. I was like, even if I don't use it, like 50 bucks, and we're going to try it out. Like, I filed a claim. They're supposed to come tomorrow. 
Um, and they're going to take a look. And is uh, it through Ashley? Yeah, Ashley doesn't own the warranty, but I got the couch through Ashley. Okay. They use yeah. a different, you know, provider. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I mean, they should be able to. It's just on the cushion. It's something crazy. Um, but uh, you know, I just it was a pain in the butt to like when I went to file the claim. I'm like, I don't have this information. I don't have that. Like, you know, I had to then call Ashley and get this and this. It took maybe let's call it forty five minutes of effort altogether. Right. But right now I had to flip over my couch cushions. That's how bad the stain was. I'm embarrassed by it. So I'm hoping they so come. Zip, zipper's out. sticking out now. <laughs> I didn't even know. No, I flipped them both. Uh, so oh, like, okay. yeah, 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 I rotated the whole thing. So wow, look at you go. Yeah, engineering brain. So we'll, we'll, well see. That's how it goes. good. You know, I'll, I'll probably pick your brain a little bit more after about this credit card thing. But it sounds like I'm gonna lock in the Amazon and I'll do something with this. Um, was travel because i fly you know maybe like i don't know you fly five, good five times a year yeah. you know so, what's your credit score you know over 800 that's phenomenal yeah it's almost yeah. perfect so so i could open up probably whatever because then <laughs> i I've, i started watching this guy on youtube who's actually been pretty good about credit cards he's a good i'll, I'll share his his channel he's Please. got good stuff you know for like you know top eight like high yield savings accounts like whatever he's a good financial guy but um, he was saying that he like kept getting denied from, uh, I forgot which there's like this granddaddy of them all. Uh, what'd you say? What was the chase one that you like? Chase? JP Morgan crate. Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. I think his was the, the capital one venture X. Okay. That's like this, like granddaddy card to get like these sick benefits, but it's really hard to get, uh, hmm. approved for it. And that was because he just kept opening up too many credit cards because he was like doing this game. But yeah, he's still still not getting approved for it. Yeah, well, I, opening up a credit card raises your credit score. So credit score is right. this weird, stupid mathematical formula that exists that all these little things affect you. Basically, you are showing the bank that you are able to take on more debt and pay it on time. Right. right. So. Right now, your credit limit, let's call it maybe 10000 on that card. Uh, that's a very low credit limit for an individual to have. Not for a card, right. but for an individual. Some right. of my cards have 30000 just a card, and then I have five cards or four cards, whatever I have. So um, that's a nice way, like, not saying everyone out there should go open up credit card to get credit scores or up. But there's, like, beginner cards. There's cards for people with low credit scores that may have a $1,000 limit. Mm -hmm. And, like, sharp, you know, when you're going to go grocery shop and you are using your debit every month, just charge it to your credit card, pay it as soon as you get home, and you'll see your credit score start to creep up. Right. Yeah. They, they had, and I saw a nerd wallet kind of thing about this, and it was like overall scores. And they did have ones for like either people with bad credit score or, you yeah. know, first time credit card users. Um, it's definitely a game. And if you hmm. learn to manipulate it and yeah. you're smart with it, you can, you can get a lot of free money out of it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I remember one of my old girlfriends told me that's what her dad did. And he just used to pay for all their vacations with like new credit cards. Cause then he would like open a new one, you know, you get these points back, you get like a $300 travel credit or whatever. You close it. You know, I don't know what that looks like in the grand scheme of things, you know, you opening and closing all these accounts. I know that's why yeah. this guy got denied from the capital one venture X card because right. he was doing that. But nonetheless, uh great so switching gears vroom vroom <laughs> <laughs> nothing well neither of us know how to actually switch gears on an automobile so uh automatically switching gears that nice. the car does for us you know this podcast today the episode is going to be i guess centered around finances and money and work which is good. You know, they don't really teach us this in school. It's kind of just learning by trial and error. Maybe you have a parent that was financially savvy or did well for themselves in the workforce that they can teach you some of these things. But a lot of the time, it's just you doing your own research. Maybe you have like a brother that you can ask or, you know, a cousin or something that's a couple years older. And that's really how that goes. So Today, I wanted to talk about something because we've been chatting about this before and, you know, it's come up in multiple conversations, really just the concept of work, right? <laughs> like what it is, doesn't have to be fun. 
you know, they teach us in school that you need to do work that you're super passionate about and needs to be your calling in life. And it doesn't matter how much money you make as long as you're having fun doing it. And I think as you get older, you find out that that's not the case all the time. And, you know, if you have a job that you really love to do, but you get paid $35,000 and want to live a certain type of lifestyle, you realize that it's not feasible. And then you get all upset because you spent your entire life working towards this goal. Maybe you finally reached this goal where you're like a geologist or some shit. I don't know. I, I don't think they get paid that much. I, I don't know what the salary of a geologist is. But say if someone who's really passionate about earth science, they got into geology, they're like, oh, I, I really find this work fulfilling. And then again, they're taking home 40K and they want to go to the Caribbean every year. And they're like, damn, I can't really do that anymore. So, you know, uh, what what's your take on this whole, you know, enjoying your work, being passionate about your work kind yeah. of mentality? When we were um, thinking about this topic, and I just did it again. We Googled the definition of work. Yeah. And uh, so activity involving mental or physical effort done in order to achieve a purpose or result or a task or task to be undertaken, something a person or thing has to do. I was like, ooh, I like that has to do. Not wants to do, but has to do. And it, it's a it's an interesting topic altogether because um, I think especially um, we have – uh, obviously, you know, U.S. educational background, so I can't speak for the rest of the world. But what we are always taught is follow your dreams, right? Like pick a dream, you follow it, you know, maybe you wanted to be um, whatever it is you wanted to be at a young age, you try to pursue that. I think going to like the root of the problem is you're asking an 18-year-old what they want to do with the rest of their life when, you know, right, when they go into college, they declare a major. Um I've wrote a whole thesis paper about how many times kids change their major. Like it's just a money grabbing thing. But the reason I bring this up, it's at 18, you have no idea what your life is going to look like post this educational background and what the reward is going to be for the investment you're making in school, because school is an investment in yourself. And a lot of people, which is why we're in a lot of student debt, don't quantify what that return on investment is. Now, schools are stupid expensive. They shouldn't be this expensive. That's a whole nother conversation we can save for another day. But I like, I personally, uh, I've never, I don't think I've ever saw something. I was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. I, I don't like, I never had my passion or my fulfillment is being able to provide for my family. Now, maybe that's a way we grew up. Aww. Uh, maybe that's being a man and like my concept of what being a man is. Um, but my thought has always been, I need to do things to provide for my family. Right. So I chose, um, a highly financially rewarding career, but it's a stressful career. It's time demanding, yada, yada. But, um, so I'm always like, if you can find, you know, 60, 70% of your day, uh, or your week, however you want to put it down. So maybe you had a bad day altogether. Where you're like, this is fun. This was challenging. I it gave me a purpose. I had a good time. Whatever it is, where you're not miserable. You're not always going to be super happy. None of us are super happy in our jobs. That's why it's work. Uh, but if you're not miserable, I think it's like an okay thing to pursue. But to your point, I like the idea of like if I want to go to the Caribbean every year, I need to be able to make enough to provide the opportunity to do that, right? Because what money is just provides you opportunities. So um, right. if you set expectations for what your career path is going to be, and you and your partner, right, once you get married or have a significant other talking about those conversations, like what is the path? Um, it's just like, it's a tough thing to get around in our country because there are so many lower fulfilling financially, right? That's only one part of the job, right? There's other things about flexibility. There's things about maybe working for yourself. There's things about, you know, do you want to be home with your kids? Like there's all different aspects of a job. We're just talking maybe financially rewarding, which is where my head went initially. Right. A lot to unpack there. Um, I think, you know, both of our jobs do have a little bit of a creativity element to it where not every day looks the same. Right. So maybe we're not, super fit to 
talk on uh, on behalf of the person who does the same thing day in mm-hmm. and day out, Monday through Friday, right? And I can imagine if your job is so monotonous like that, it, it could be pretty draining. Because then the issue, you know, turns into that you do work and then you don't have the energy or the mental bandwidth to do things outside of work where maybe you're working to do these things, right? Say if you're really into rock climbing and you work in order to pay for your rock climbing gym, but then when you're done with work, you don't even want to go to the gym, right? It kind of defeats the purpose. So I think I remember reading this book. I think it was called Drive, maybe, by Daniel Pink. Something like that. But he was saying that all jobs really need three elements. And one of the elements is the creativity aspect to it, Mm -hmm. right? One of the elements is the need to feel that we're helping something, right? We're helping something or someone. You know, we're not just, uh, I don't even know. I can't can't really think of a job where no one's being helped even like a job that you just make doors let's say well you have to but you have to see that right you have to see how you fit into the bigger purpose right right and that brings into you know i read uh, some Karl marx don't call me a commie back in the day when i was in school and one of his no one of his pieces was called alienated labor and it was about how during the industrial revolution everybody felt uh disenchanted with their work because they only were making one piece of the chair let's say right they Mm -hmm. were only making the right leg so they never saw the finished product they never saw somebody sitting in the chair so then they're just like why the fuck am i making this you know leg like there's no no satisfaction that comes from it well you know uh a hundred i like it's interesting because when we have interns I struggle with that as well because they're only here for three months and I try to get them on an opportunity where they see the start to end because it mm-hmm. makes them invested. Um, you get excited. You see what what you, how you yourself contributed to the larger goal. Um, we've been talking a little bit about like your potential shift in your, in your work days, right? Like reducing your work days. And I'm always interested in this concept too because what you're saying like, so you're telling me I work, right, Monday through Friday, could be 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours, whatever it is, in order to have fun on two days a week. So like right. five out of the seven days, right, I'm working to be able to provide for the fun. But I look at it where I'm working to uh, provide for the roof over my head, right? Like I'm working to provide for those vacations that I take. I'm working to provide for my future family. Uh, and I have those fun elements. But I think the idea, the Monday through Friday, the reason we have a 40-hour work week traditionally, it's because science has proven you can work someone 40 hours doing the same task, making the right leg on a chair without them going crazy. That's how the, the, the five-day work week was established. And in today's world, especially like Europe is way ahead of this, we're starting to get there. There's getting a little bit more flexibility. And I think COVID, the one of the positives to come out of a pandemic was the idea of working from home or working with more flexibility where before you were required, I was required in an office five days a week. I was required to commute an hour and a half each way. I was fucking miserable, right? Like it was terrible. It was a terrible way to live the week, but you did it because that's what you had to in the world. Now there's a little bit more blend. Some companies have taken that back. Some have embraced it. You know, we have people, one of my clients, as an example, will be on a phone call with him at 9 a.m. And he's always in the car dropping his kid off from school to school. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Like a couple of years ago, that was not a thing. That was right. not an adapted. So the flexibility is getting there, which I think is going to make work easier mm-hmm. because you have a little bit more autonomy. Mm-hmm. Now, don't burn that, right? Don't take advantage of that. Um, but uh, I think that makes work a little bit more enjoyable when you have a little bit more flexibility and autonomy. Right. And, <laughs> you know, Having that flexibility leads to better production from the worker, right? You right. know, they're going to be more engaged. They're not going to be as miserable because it, it bothers me about jobs where it's all about the time that you put in and not about the effort or the product that you put in, right? Right. Where that's why, you know, like in, in my field, it's all about how many patients you see. 
It's not about right. how long you're in the office for. You know, same with you, right? It's about what kind of product are you putting out, not about how long you're actually working on the product. Yeah. And, you know, leading to happier workers is just going to improve from an employer standpoint. I, I did this exercise. It's funny because I thought it was stupid at the time. During an interview of a company that I ended up not, not joining them, but they made us do a career matrix. And they said, it, it's up to you. You can do as many topics as you want. But basically, the idea was put them, so company A, against your current employer, company B. Mm -hmm. And add a couple, maybe prior employers, maybe future employers. So like, let's say I put my company, their company, I put Google because I'm aspirational and I put the school because maybe I thought about teaching, whatever it is. And then you go down the, the other axis and you put down the things that are important to you. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then you, you rate them on a one to five scale and you see where the numbers come out. And it's not about the numbers. It's more about them looking at you and you trying to understand what's important to you. So that is that financial reward is it like for me leadership was a huge piece like i don't want my leadership um taken away like i'm a big leader now i want to keep leading in the future so i didn't want to join a company that was going to inhibit that um, autonomy was a big one flexibility was a big one and then lower mm -hmm. was like recognition like i don't care when someone says i'm proud of you or good yeah. job i yeah. care on my paycheck right. like <laughs> and promotional opportunities which i guess is a different way of recognition but we're Promotion was another category I put. So there was like interesting pieces here. And it was it was a good exercise. Now looking back at it, it was kind of a, like, it was harder than it needed to be because you cared about it. And you're like, what are these categories? Mm -hmm. um, because they didn't give you the categories, which was kind of fun. Like you had to determine what's important to you. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think, you know, your work needs to be something that, you don't hate doing, right? Uh, you feel somewhat competent in doing, and maybe that just comes with time and doing the task, right? It's like, if you do anything for a year, you'll probably get decent at it. <laughs> and, you know, just having that outlook about, I'm doing this for a purpose, you know? Because yeah. it's like, yeah, people, I don't know, I've heard this question like, oh, would you do your job if you didn't get paid for it? Like, no. Probably no, not. it's a job. <laughs> yeah. Like if I, if I didn't get paid and you know there was no money involved, I you know say if I lived in a world where I there was no money involved and you didn't need money for anything, I would not do what I'm doing. Probably yeah. I'd go to the gym. I'd right. cook I'd playing really golf good and pick food. A ball. Yeah, yeah. I'd be hanging out with friends. But that's not the reality that we live. In. Right, and I think like if you keep that in mind, like we're working to live, we don't live to work. Um, you know, it's just, it's true though. I mean, I just look at it. if money is your goal out of work, which is fine. Like it is for me to be honest. Right. Like I go to jobs that pay me more money. Right. That's most people I think would reflect that. Um, money is opportunity. It's just, it could be, you know, opportunity to buy a home. It could be opportunity to go on vacation. It could be opportunity to just save and feel comfortable, you know, in case. Mm -hmm. So like mm -hmm. things like that. But I like, I talked to a lot of my colleagues who have recently either been laid off or have left their company and are kind of taking a pause and, and taking a minute. I'm like, damn, like, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could not work and like figure it out. I, I would feel this urge or this need to like get back into a company and do something. But a lot of them are taking a pause and saying, what, do I want the next 10 to 15 years of my life to look like? Uh, right. Because maybe you didn't get a chance, like you graduate school, maybe some of you went to your master's, but you know, most people just start working something out of 22. And that's if you go to college, right? Like a lot of folks don't, and then just start working at a younger age. And you're like, is this really what I'm gonna do for the next 40 to 50 years? Like, mm -hmm. Jesus. And more people are working older. Like we talked to dad about this, you know, don't just retire like abruptly because then you lose your purpose in life. Uh, because at that age, then you've, that's all you've known for the last 35 years right. is work. How are you just going to change your life overnight? Like maybe it's you cut back to halftime or maybe right in his case, he's having like alternate scheduling and cutting down his commute, which is a big factor in like taking, uh, the burden off. So, um, it gives you a purpose to get up in the morning to be able to say, I I'm going to do this today. Right. And it's hard to just replace that purpose with, yeah. you know, you can't just like tell people like, 
you know, I see this with my patients where they're retired, you know, they're, they're newly retired and now they're depressed. Mm. And we have this conversation all the time about you can't just replace you being an engineer for 35 years with now you go to the gym for an hour a day. That's your purpose. Mm -hmm. Or like you walk your dog or, you know, you start doing puzzles or something like that. You know, it's, it's not the same fulfillment from that. And, you know, that's something that we actively work on with my patients and I. But, yeah, you know, a lot, a lot lot to go through. We'll definitely rehash this topic at a, a later date. Yeah, I mean, just on that, like, we're going to have hopefully my friend Amanda shortly, who's been through a layoff. Like, she was a high earner, went through a layoff. I'm, like, really curious about her take on this topic. And then I think we, you know, we'll have a couple people on, too, who don't have the same um like history of like we did the the conventional eight, 18 go to school you know both of us have a master's like we did that i'm love to hear from people who I have never went to school uh oh yeah that's true you did that <laughs> uh but i like you i love fuck. to hear yeah right <laughs> give me credit uh <laughs> lindsay makes the joke all the time that she's gonna go back for her doctor just so she could be a Dr. Massa and I, I'd be the only one who isn't. And I said, I would never call you Dr. Massa at the end of that. You know, like, that's it. You're not one. So, um, but uh, I'm curious to get someone's like take on this who started working at 16 years old, never thought about school and just like kept working, kept working. There's people like, I know people who were cops who just said like, I just want to retire in 30 years. Like, I'm just going to join something that has an end goal. I know the end goal. I know what it is. There's a pension there. And like, I'm good with that. You know, I'm like, wow, that's very different than my thought process. So, you know, there's a lot of interesting, savvy moves that people could make when they're 16 to 19 that, you know, for us and for a lot of people around us, it was just the college route, right? But there right. are other options. For instance, one of my friends that I've made here, uh, she's in med school right now, but she was in the military for two or three years. You know, and now military is paying for all of her education, yada, yada, yada. But I was like, damn. Like, and, she, you know, she never saw combat, you know, like right, most of the time. Right, right. Yeah, you're not doing that. And I was like, that that would be a nice little little thing. But, you know, well, I told her she's a listener of the podcast. So I told her I'll have her on in, in the next you know few weeks or so. So that would be an interesting conversation. 